unforgiveness, it's a very sensitive issue because it depends on the case where we are and where we, where we are, are up to. We read uh, earlier 6, 9 to 15 about the prayer that we are asked to do so and the instructions that before we are forgiven by God, we need to forgive our debtors as well. And it's a big challenge for Christians most of the time due to the fact that if somebody hurts us, it's really tough to forgive. Some people will say, when you forgive, do you forget? You may never forget, but you have to let go. So today, it was tough for me to work on it. When I talked to pastor about it, and he said, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, but uh, we need to discuss it. As Christians and brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to, and we need to understand what are the hindrances if we don't do it. And so we, here we are. So unforgiveness, I tried to put topics or examples and everything like that, but it ended up for me to say or just put scriptures in front of us. I looked for it and I, I saw about a hundred of them in the Bible to begin with. And then it was cut down to 67, oh sorry, 61 that you will see. We may not read everything, but uh, we will be reading and going through most of them. In one slide, there are seven, seven um, scriptures and I have nine of those. So it's quite a tough one, but the message is there for us as to what to do. And then at the end, I'll, I'll be giving some examples as to, uh, from another message that I kind of uh, adopted, and then pastor's books. Okay, we're gonna read through this too. He gave me a really good guide as to what. One of the books is actually uh, entitled, When You've Been Wronged. And then the other one is unpacking forgiveness. You need to unpack things up. Unforgiveness is actually a bond. It's a bondage. Uh, it's a sinful bondage that we need to get away from. And blessings are really stopped and controlled if we don't release that. So to begin with, I hope I'm going to do this right. Oops. I think I made it wrong. Oops. Which one? There you go. We start by defining what the aspects of unforgiving or unforgiveness. First is bitterness. This I got from a screen. And actually, if you, if you Google stuff, you'll find a lot of stuff. Right? You'll find a lot of, a lot of things. And this is what it defines. And there's a lot of them that you will, you will see. There are messages from Mandela, from all these famous guys. But I like this much because it's, uh, it's from Randall Lawrence. I don't know him personally. But when I saw this one, it's like, this is who we are at times and what we believe in. It says, bitterness is believing God got it wrong. When you were bitter, we're saying, God is wrong. When we worry, 
Worry is not believing God will get it right. So we worry so much. And we say, well, God is not getting me in the right direction. I'm worried. You know, I cannot surrender myself to him because it's in the wrong direction. And unforgiveness is worse because it's believing you're right even after God says you're already wrong. So we have to be careful in a sense. Now, I'm, I'm sharing this. When I was going through it, I was preaching to myself as well because I've been on both sides. I was wronged and I made wrong. And uh, you try to patch up things. They don't want to accept your apology. And it's tough because it's a burden to your shoulder saying, why, do you, why that person did not forgive me? And then when you are wrong, you're expecting that person to know that you are wrong and yet to say sorry to you. But sometimes it doesn't work that way. And that's why what we need to now understand is what this scripture is telling us. Unforgiveness is when we are unwilling or unable okay, to, um, to forgive someone for hurting, betraying, breaking our trusts, or causing us intense emotional pain. When we are caused by this, when we have that situation, it's so hard to forgive. And that's where unforgiving comes in. We'll have low esteem, lack of self-love. It stems from not forgiving ourselves first and self or self-acceptance. And bitterness, just to let you know, increases the risk of depression. Because you're, you're, you're blaming everything to other people instead of understanding and knowing the real fact of the matter. Pastor provided me with books to, to reference, and one of them is called uh, uh, When You've Been Wrong. I'm not going to read the whole book, because it will be here forever. But it's written by Erwin Lutzer. Moving from bitterness to forgiveness. One that thing really kind of interests me is that what, we, what they call a bag full of pain. Bag full of pain. Imagine that. If you're carrying a bag, groceries or whatnot, filled up with food, this one is more a pain. It says here, the offense and sometimes offenses that can bring pain into your life and relationships are engineered by Satan to attempt to bind you and me to sin. The offenses are a broken premise, number one. Do you still remember a broken promise? Have you forgiven the person who broke it? Number two, a broken confidence. If someone has betrayed your confidence, how have you responded? Third, personal rejection. This includes not only verbal, and emotional rejection, but um, uh, a slander and gossip as well. 
It really hurts. Sometimes you're being gossiped and people don't realize that when you do that, it hurts and it will cause bitterness with the other person. Number four, false accusation. Being charged falsely with wrongdoing can hurt your reputation and damage relationships. That is important to understand. If you're falsely accused, definitely you will be reacting and therefore there will be a broken relationship. It is difficult to forgive the accuser and restore trust because that was broken. It's the trust itself. Mainly, not really the relationship, but the trust. And lastly, five, abuse. Physical or verbal abuse often leaves enduring emotional scars. God, however, can bring healing and the stability to forgive the abuser. These are tough ones. As we know, we have situations wherein a family was completely you know, killed by someone and then there's one member left and then he knows the person who killed them. How can that person forgive? It's a tough situation. But I do know some people who have forgiven those cases are going through a really marvelous life because God has forgiven them as well. So we have to be careful in these things. Uh, false accusation is really something that's going on most of the time in churches, in families. You know, we, we don't investigate further first before we say something. I know of a man who, uh, who opened his heart to a pastor and then he was betrayed by the pastor because he revealed what was in that confidential discussion. Pastors have a responsibility, to be honest, of, being, of having that confidentiality. The confidentiality is so high that you are, as a pastor, or any, any members or leading and head of the church, is responsible for that particular confidentiality. Only God and you should know, and then find a solution instead of telling it to other people. And that's, that is a broken trust. The other book that pastor gave me, it's quite amazing too. So unpacking forgiveness. So imagine if you have, uh, you know, go to school, you have so many things. Once you get to school, you unpack your things. It's like, wow, it's a relief, right? If you're bringing heavy books, like I, I know, like my kids are starting to go back to CJEP or college and I've seen their bags, amazingly so. They're heavy, thick books, and uh, even in high school. And then once they get to school, they go to their lockers and they unfold it. And it's amazing. And then at the end of school, they would come back again. Those books that went in will not come out, will now come out. You have to pick them up. And then all these books dump into your car. It's a heavy load. <laughs> but that's how it is. When you unpack things, it's so beautiful with you. Because it, it, and, 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 and it, it becomes like a less of a burden. One of the, the really, the, the most important, well, not the most important in this book, all of, everything that's here is really, really great. 
is basically the disagreement between Christians. Um, if we remember Joseph's case before, uh, if we remember, every, you know, that David was also wronged, um, but all of this are, are all being an example in the scripture for us to understand what forgiveness is all about. And that's really tough. One of the questions that we have in this book is that, how can I be sure that God has forgiven me? Has anybody ha have a direct answer to that? How can you be sure that God has forgiven you? It's, it's a tough question, but honestly, it could be answered directly because you will know that you are forgiven by God because of the life that you will have. Okay, that is very, very important. This is the most critical forgiveness question. Indeed, it is most critical question, period. Nothing can be more important than knowing that God has forgiven your sins and you will spend eternity in perfect fellowship with him and his people. So we should be sure that we are forgiven in the first place. And but the, also in our prayer earlier, it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have you know, of our debtors. We need to do that. That is a condition. Forgive us our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Before God can forgive us, we need to forgive other people too. I mean, you might say, oh, these are all conditions, Ed, right? Or, or, you know, it, but no, it's written in the scripture. How can it be so? Now we start going through all the scriptures. Do you want to go through all the scriptures? It's about 61. Will it be okay with you? Or we'll, we'll, we'll skip some, right? Okay. <laughs> we'll be here up to the, this afternoon. Uh, so, no, but basically, unforgiveness is, is a spiritual filthiness. Okay? Let's, let's put that in our mind. So we need to get washed, be washed in water of God's word to forgive and stay clean. We need all these scriptures okay, to be able to apply forgiveness in our hearts. Because unforgiveness, as I mentioned, they are, they are a filthy, fil filthiness in our spiritual life. It, it controls our growth. It controls the, it stops the blessing from the Lord. Uh, we, we cannot minister if we have that particular unforgiveness. Again, it's a case-to-case -case basis, I understand, and also the maturity of the person. Okay, I cannot say, you know, uh, my wife and I, I mean, I cannot say I expect her to, to forgive me, and then I'm ex she's expecting to for me to forgive her too. Usually, men are expected to forgive their wives first, then the wife after, okay? That's, that's how it, from what I see so far, because it's easy that way, but basically, I, we, would, we should not be expecting the level of forgiveness that we have. 
So we pick on, on the scriptures. We have 1 John 1 9. Oh, sorry, 420. Okay, where is that? Did we jump one screen? Yeah, I think we jumped one screen. There you go. All right. Mark eleven twenty five says, And whenever you stand, stand praying, okay, when you're praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. If you come to church and you have something against your brothers or sister in the church and you see him or her, approach that person right away before we start worshiping. It's the best solution, I'm telling you. Uh, I've done that one time and it's, it was amazing. You know, I didn't know that I had offended a person. And I just learned it from another person who, who wanted us to be reconciled. And that was amazing because you have somebody trying to reconcile you. And that's our job, to be honest to. Okay, Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 26, 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. You can be angry. The Lord was so angry at the church when he saw that the church were selling, you know, selling stuff. And what did he say? You are a band of thieves or something like that. You were selling in the, in, near the church, the, 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 house, the house of my father. He was angry at that point, but he was right. Do not sin. If you're angry and you think that you will commit sin, just stop it. Because honestly, there's, nothing, there's no way you can go anywhere. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins... He is faithful, this is a memory verse, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and do cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To the Old Testament, because we say, oh, these are all New Testament, Ed. No, even the Old Testament have that. Proverbs, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Hebrews 12, 14, 15. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. See that statement? See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. How do we obtain the, the grace of God? See to it that our brothers and sisters will not fail. And by having unforgiveness in our hearts, we will fail. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, by it many become defiled. Colossians 3, 12 to 13. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, Meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. That's Colossians. James, the brother of Christ, says, Know this. 
My beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Next screen. First John 4.20. I'm telling you, all these scriptures are from the Old Testament to the New Testament, talking about forgiveness and unforgiveness per se. If anyone says, this is key, 420 is really high. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he knows, he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. Wow. Second Peter 1.9. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Don't forget, as a believer now in Christ, we were saved by Christ. We, were, we are forgiven. We were forgiven to make it the past. And yet we cannot forgive the person that sinned against us. How can we play that role as Christians if we cannot? As I mentioned earlier, I was, I was in both sides, and it's really tough because you try to, to reconcile things up, but it didn't work, and it doesn't work as easy as it is. The only thing you can do is pray. Um, 1 John, okay, 4.20. If anyone says, okay, okay, sorry, that's one. 2 Peter 1.9, which I think we read it, we read it too, sorry about that. Ephesians 4.31-32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Luke 6, uh, Luke 6, okay, and we'll finish this screen and then we'll jump. Luke 6, 37. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Right? Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven it's it's a you know it's a scale i would say if you don't judge you will not be judged if you don't condemn not be condemned but if you forgive you will be forgiven isn't that nice ephesians 1 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace we were singing earlier, uh, power in the blood. That is what it is. The redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And that is very high for us to note and to realize. Romans 12, 19, 20. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, what is it written? Vengeance is? Mine I will repay, saith the Lord. 
To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, which I'm thirsty now. For by so doing, you will, be, you will, uh, you will heap burning coals on his head. And, you know, uh, there, there is a situation wherein if an, a, uh, a very angry man, okay, and, and also if he's hungry too, uh, when you give him food, when you give him something, you help him out instead of being angry as well, it, it changes. The response changes for sure. Because it's, it's basically what, what God, the scripture is saying, you will hit burning coals on his head. It's, it's comforting in a sense. So, so that, that's what, what can be done, what needs to be done. Matthew 5, 23, 24. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, again, here we go, in the church. If there are, there are and, and there are members that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there first before the altar and go. First be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. What's the principle behind that? Because God will not recognize that, the gift that you're offering. Definitely so. We've always been, you know, we've read about Cain and Abel, about their offerings, and which one is the, the good one and which one is the bad one. Because something is, you know, he's, you know uh, Cain is cheating on, on his own with his own brother in a sense. And then Abel, on, on one hand, gives his very best. And that's why God accepted uh, Abel's, uh, uh, Abel's uh, gift more than Cain. Next page, please. Okay, we can go to the next, please, the next page. I know this is, this is a lot, so Proverbs. You go to the Old Testament again. Oh, for, sorry, can you go back to another screen? Daniel, I want to, get to go to Daniel. Daniel 9.9. To the Lord our God belong... Mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. What is with God? Mercy and forgiveness. So if we are for him, if we are with him, then we, we will be having those as well. Next, please. Proverbs 79 Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Uh, I kind of smiled about this one because when you cover somebody's offense, sometimes you know, we, we think that it's, it's, you're loving a person in a sense. Yes, you're, you can protect him or her at a certain point. But if you repeat it again, it will separate your friendship for sure. At first, yeah, you may be able to cover it. But to repeat it again, that same offense will destroy the relationship. So be careful. John 14, 21. Whoever has my commandments and keep them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. 
Luke 17, 3, 4. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother or sister sins, okay, or commits sin, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he, if he sins against you seven times in a day, and in turn you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive as well. This is where the question of, uh, if you remember, Peter was asking, how many times should I forgive? Right? 70 times 7. If you, if you do the number, how many would that be? 70 times 7. Any number? Everybody's looking at me. They're concluding them. 70 times 7 is how many? 400? 490. Now, if you do the exercise of forgiving 490 times in a day, okay, you will lose count. And, it, and that number came from Christ, if you look at it, right? Christ said, he answered Peter, you know, so it's 490 times. So 490 times, when the same person commits an offense to you, and then you, you, even you put it in a notebook. I'm pretty sure by, by the 100th, you will say, how many times did I for, for, for have forgive, forgiven you? You will lose count. That's why 490 is just a number. It's actually an insult if you look at it. Because saying, God is already saying, forgive him as many as you want and as you need to. So that's how, how it should be. Um, what else is next? Um, Luke 3, 23, 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. If we look at that statement, that is very, very heavy one. When Christ was on the cross and he was saying, forgive them. He was actually talking to us. Father, forgive these people who's wanting me dead, who's hurting me, who's um, committing sin against me, that I didn't do anything at all. They don't know what they do. It is important now to know, as we know, that we need to do something. And it is a reminder for us. Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood, the blood, the, my blood of the covenant, which is poured out of many for the forgiveness of sins. We take communion. Today we will have one. We are reminded of the, the symbolism of the bread and the wine. Or in this case, we have the juice. We are reminded that these two elements have a big meaning in terms of our Christianity. The bread represents, or the wafer, represents his body who's been offered for our sins. And the blood is basically to wash our sins, again, for the forgiveness of our sins. We need to remind ourselves again that this was his doing for us. And we need to be thankful, but at the same time, we need to apply it in our lives. 1 Peter 5, 7 to 8. Casting all anxieties on him because he cares for you. 
Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. When we get into a level of unforgiveness, the devil is so happy. I won. And, you know, he'll always say that. Satan will be saying, oh, man, I won. He's claiming to be a Christian, yet he cannot forgive or she cannot forgive. They're claiming to be going to church, listening to the word. And yet, for simple things, they cannot forgive and for, or for, forgive. But we have to be careful too. As I said earlier, it's a case-to-case -case basis and depends on the maturity of each and every one in this church or in any church, how you and, and a person will forgive. But I'll, I'll give you something of a tip or a, a message that I also got as a reference. And it's amazing how we, we need to do it. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred steers up strife. Uh, do you agree? Hatred steers up strife. But love covers all offenses. Right? I mean, no matter how you do it, if somebody hates you and you, you give the person a word of love, it turns, it melts. Um, there is this particular example on, on Mother's Day and Father's Day. I, I don't know if you heard that. In a jail cell. Uh, you go to a jail. This, this one is in a jail cell of big guys, tough criminals and everything like that. Mother's Day came and they wrote cards for their mothers. And these are killers, okay? These are really bad boys. But they wrote letters for their mothers. And I would say 80% wrote letters for their mother for Mother's Day. Father's Day came along. I think it didn't go to one-third or even one-fourth wrote Father's Day card. And they were asked why. That is because the mother's love is so much different than a father's love. They were in jail because of their fathers. The expectation they were looking at as a father from their fathers have failed. And so they were, but then the mothers come along with their hugs and love and taking care of, they were saved by that. They were still alive. And that's why every Mother's Day, these guys would write letters for their love of the mother. God's love covers all the offenses we have done, past, present, and future. But we also have to do some actions. We need to do something. Not to buy the salvation. No, I'm not talking about that. We have to respond to what we believed in. So we go to, we'll skip one more. Jump one more, please. Okay, Isaiah 43. Oops. Okay. Isaiah 43, 25, 26. I am he who blots out your transgressions. For my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us argue together. Set forth your case, and that you may prove it right. He blots out our transgression. 
The Lord does that. The cross did that for us. But we need to remember and not forget that we were once in that situation. Matthew 5.44 But I say unto you, love your, this is tough, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's hard. I tried it. It's really hard. <laughs> love your enemies. Imagine you face your enemy and you will smile. I love you. It's not easy. But we, we can do it. We can do it by the grace of God. We cannot do it by ourselves, by our strength, by our each and individual strength. No way. We have someone who can help us. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals his transgression will not, transfer, will not prosper, Sorry, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Anytime we, we conceal, we hide our transgressions, we will not go anywhere, to be honest. We will not go anywhere. But if we confess, okay, and forsakes them, the mercy of God will be given and our blessing comes in. Hebrews 4.16, I'm going to rough it through. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. As I said earlier, there's a lot of scriptures. You know, I cannot be getting examples left and right just to make you happy. But I think the scripture will say, will say it all. I would rather take the scripture and give it to you guys instead of me giving examples of my life or other people's lives. That's not what the message is all about. The word of God is the message. And we need to read through the scriptures, especially when it comes to this particular topic of forgiveness, unforgiveness, reconciliation, uh, because... When Christ died for us, what are the two things that he has completed? Anybody? Forgiveness of sin and reconciliation between us and the Father. He died on the cross, suffered for us to forgive us our sins. At the very end, when he resurrected, that's where the reconciliation point is. If we are doing only our job as Christians to reconcile people around us, it will be a better church. It will be a better world. We will not have separation from the church for sure. But if we tolerate divisions and not care, then nothing, nothing is going to happen. And I'm pretty sure the Lord is crying out now and saying, wow, what happened to my children? 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm going to go through. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Okay? The, Lord, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Um, there was one time a, a discussion about baptism, right? So you profess your faith, you believe in Christ, you mention it in front... And then you go to the water and deep, and then it come out and say, still the same person. How come? Right? So we're expecting like, 
You know, like, like this, script, this scripture is really something. You are in Christ. He should be a new creation. So when you're deep in water, you come out. He should be a new person. Right? Doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Because your body is still your same body that's going to go rotten. Okay? It's going to be spoiled. And, uh, um, and I don't know if you heard a, a lady who was interviewed on TV uh, say he's a, she's a Christian about the pandemic and it was the, the people were saying, the, the interviewers, the, news, the newscasters were saying, hey, lady, where are you going? Where are we going to church? I said, but it's lockdown. There's COVID left and right. And she answered, well, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm, you know, I'm going to be protected by her, by him. And I'm not going to be sick and everything like that. And I was listening to that. And we know that it's a lie. We know it's a lie. It is true that we will be protected by our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no question about that. But what was he, or what, what is God really protecting us from? Tell me. Does anybody know what really the cross is protecting us from? What God is really protecting us from? It's our soul, not this body. It's our soul not to be in eternal damnation. That is the salvation of our Lord. Our physical body, when we die, we still get sick. We will still get sick no matter what we do. So it's, it's a lie claiming that Christ will protect me. He will, by his mercy, protect us from COVID. There's no question about that. But let us also be practical in protecting ourselves. Because it is not true that we can just go out there, do nothing, to protect us because we believe in Christ. We believe in Christ, yes. But his protection, the most important thing, is our soul not to be in hell. That is the biggest protection that we need to understand. Right now, I'm limping because I have a, a sickness of gout. You know, it's, it's painful. Should I ask the Lord, Lord, can you protect me? I'm a Christian. No, it's not the way it works. When you die, you die. When you get sick, you will get sick. It's only by the Lord's mercy and grace that we will be, uh, we will be cured. There's a lot more scriptures that we can go through. And I know it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of uh, uh, what we will do now is go to Matthew 18. I think it's going to go, we need to go forward, please. Go to Matthew 18. So these are, imagine, these are all scriptures. Do we see Matthew 18? Yeah, there you go. I know this is a long scripture. After this, then we will, we will have the last uh, part, the conclusion. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. This is the instruction for us to follow as Christians within the church. Between you and him alone, or her, okay, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. This is the Christian way. In, in a non-Christian setting, if somebody gets fault, gets like offense, lawyer, you know, we call the lawyer, 
You know, we'll have, or, or the, we have our, in our country, barangays, okay? It's a small city, you know, gover government. Um, so, but if he does not listen, for example, the fence approach, the first approach, he did not listen or she did not listen, take one or two along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of the two and of three witnesses. So that's a step by step. If he or she refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Then that's the next level. Ask the church to help out. And if he refuses to listen, even to the church, let him uh, be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Wow. You've known the person long, long, you know, long ago in your life, and at the end, if the offense is not changed or not accepted, you will treat him as a Gentile. That is tough. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in his name, there I am amongst them. Then it's, it's going, as you see going on, this is where Peter asked, how many times should I forget or forgive? And as clearly as it is, you know, God said, or Christ said, you know, multiple times. Now, who should we forgive first? First, ourselves. We need to look at the mirror and say, Lord, I'm a filthy rag. I'm not perfect. I'm a bad person. I've offended people. And therefore, please forgive me. But you also have to forgive yourselves. Because if not, you will not go forward. Second, forgive the person who badly hurt you long time ago. Okay? And also, the stranger who messed up your clothing in the restaurant just now. Take those two extremes, the past and now, and forgive them in addition to everyone in between. Okay? You just don't forgive and choose like, okay, I'm going to forgive that person in the past because that's been a long time ago. And then today, I'm gonna, it will take me six months again to forgive this person. No, it doesn't work that way. You forgive the person of the past and forgive the person like now. As it is, forgive quickly. The quicker we do forgiveness, the easier it is for us, to be honest. Forgive freely, as what Matthew 10.8 is saying. Freely you have received, freely give. To forgive means to excuse a fault, absolve for pay from payment, pardon, send away, cancel, and bestow favorable conditions. Second, this you will be surprised. Forgive God. You say, whoa, that's different. Forgive God if we are angry with him. Okay, if you're not, then you don't need to. But 
you will find people that's angry with God because our life did not, or their lives did not turn out the way it should be. They always blame God. You know, I'm a mess. Lord, I'm a mess. It's your fault. First, forgive God. God is always just. Maybe the reason why you're not in a perfect mode because you're doing something, something that's not favorable to God. Number one. Maybe it's really for your own protection. That's why you did not get that uh, you know, winning number or whatnot. It's really, it's really something, a touchy one too. There may be things we don't understand, but God loves us and the people make serious mistake when they don't receive help from the only one who can truly help them. We may even need to forgive a situation or an object. Okay? The post office. We blame post office all the time. It's late. The bank. There's so many charges in the bank. Right? That we, we are so bitter inside. That's okay. Uh, a certain store that may have cheated on us. Um, a car that's always giving us trouble. Like uh, right now, we have uh, trouble in our car, and I know my, one of my sons is saying, Papa, did we not fix that before? But now it's broken again. But it's not a brand new car. That's why it's getting to that point. So uh, get rid of all those poison that comes from bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. And then we remember Proverbs 4.23, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, for out it will flow the springs of life. In conclusion, we can, we can jump into this one. There are three instructions. Now, this precept, I took it from a message. And this was from a message from Joyce Mayer Ministry. Uh, Joyce Mayer Ministry is basically called to share the gospel and extend the love of Christ. Through media, they teach people how to apply biblical truth to every aspect of their lives and encourage people's, uh, God's people to serve the world around them. And what they believe in is the Bible is the infallible word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit and contains every answer to man's problem. I think that's what we believe into also here in Snowden. That the Bible is the infallible world, word of God. She said here, would you like to become more successful at forgiving others? There are three, there are practical steps that we must take. And the Lord, she was asked, she, she asked the Lord, what are those? And these are the three steps. Number one, what do we need to do? Decide. Don't delay. Decide now. We will never forgive if we wait until we feel like it. It is not a feeling. It's more of a commandment. Choose to obey God and steadfastly resist the devil in his attempts to poison we with us poison us with bitter thoughts. Make a quality decision to forgive, and God will heal our wounded emotions in due time. 
As I said, this was taken from a, an excerpt from that, uh, from, from that uh, message. I took it because it's really an applicable thing for us. Okay? And it, it's in the website. So that, that's what it offers you to read. Number two, the pen. She's saying the pen. I was, I was looking at it. It's, uh, it's DDO. Okay? So happened we live in DDO. <laughs> I said, okay, well, this is something special. Number two, depend. Okay? Depend. Who do we depend to in forgiveness? We cannot forgive without the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's what the message is. It's too hard to do it on our own. To be honest, it is hard. If we are truly willing, God will enable us, but we must humble ourselves and cry out to him. Okay? We need to depend on our Lord. As I said earlier, I've been saying it over and over, it is not easy. It is hard. But we need to have that dependency on the Lord. In uh, John 20, 20, 20 to 23, she says here, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's where it will be given help. Lastly, the third point, obey. Obey, the word tells us several things that we're, we're to do concerning forgiving our enemies. We have scriptures to show that. Pray for them. Bless and do not curse. These are the messages that we need to at least decide. Have to switch. We have a choice. One more screen, please. This is what God or Christ has done for us. Look at the blood, look at the cross, look at the sacrifice. We cannot fathom, we cannot even think as to what he's, he went through as far as the cross is concerned. This is forgiveness of our sins. The picture here shows us that how much he loves us and yet what can we not, why can we not turn that love to other people who have sinned against us? Who are we to judge? Wherein he himself, Christ himself, who is God, did not judge us. He actually saved us. He obeyed, actually. He, he decided. They decided. Okay. Our Lord and Savior Christ decided. He depended on his father going through this. Remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying, please take me, take it, take it out, this cup. But he depended on him. And he obeyed his father just to have, we, we, for us to get through the eternal damnation. And lastly, for the last, uh, one of the last, this one. This is the empty cross. This is the reconciled point. This is what it means. An empty cross, because Christ now is in heaven, right hand of the Father, and that's what it is. Last slide, I've chosen some words, forgiveness in different languages. 
What I forgot is uh, either Hindi or Tamil Nadu. I think I forgot to put it in. I totally forgot. But if you look at each and every one, you may actually use some of them. Joshua helped me out with the Persian one. And I, 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 I did pronounce it right, right? I think. I, <laughs> it's Barkshesh. Uh, Barkshesh. Okay. So Greek, metanoia. Latin, remissio, for the remissions of sin. French, uh, le pardon. Persian, bakshesh. Uh, hope I made it right. <laughs> Filipino, kapatawaran. Chinese, uh, raushu. Uh, Haitian, padon. Spanish, perdon. Japanese, yurushi. Portuguese, perdao. And I had to put the Korean one, Yongshio. You see how many translations it is just for the word forgiveness? Because it applies to different culture and different languages. There's a lot more. You know, there's Russian, there's, I just went, I went on Googling everything and it was really something to listen and to look into. Look at these words. Look at what forgiveness is. What's the meaning of it? In a Christian way. Okay, in a biblical way. If you want all those scriptures, I can give it to you. But what I'm only saying is that forgiveness is key to our faith. Work it out with the Lord. I'm not saying you will do it like now, but work it out with the Lord. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lowness, uh, sorry, low, lowless men and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen.